TV gives everyone an image, but radio gives birth to a million images in a million brains. That's a famous words of the famous columnist Peggy Noonan. Radio has its own merits that no other media can imitate. Maybe I'm a little bit biased here, but hey, trying to make a point on this World Radio Day. Radio has survived for decades despite rapidly changing media landscapes and clearly TV and streaming contents giving a run for our money. It still remains the most widely consumed media in the world today to our surprise. So marking World Radio today, let's continue our talk on the world's oldest uh, broadcast medium for deeper insights into the evolution of radio and the future of radio broadcasting. We're joined by Professor Jock Given, a professor of media and communications at Swinburne University of Technology from Melbourne, Australia. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Hello. And good morning to you and happy World Radio Day. To you as well. <laughs> you know, it was actually brought to my attention rather recently that we celebrate this day. And I've been doing radio for 10 years, if you can believe it. <laughs> yes, not well known, should be better known, I think. <laughs> Trying to make a point here. Now, as a world changer, uh, changes, radio adapts and innovates. In fact, as we talk over radio frequency today, our video is being streamed online live through YouTube. So depending on where you are in the world, radio has evolved, changed our means of communications too, uh, from air to FM. Now its uh, digital presence is also on multiple platforms. Can you first maybe walk us through the evolution of radio and what you think led to its triumph in this digital age? It's such a good point to, to stress that radio has changed a lot over its life. It, it's not the same medium that it was a century ago when it was beginning. So the things that made it so attractive at the time, when, when radio began, it was the first time that people had been able to hear a live voice at a distance. And, and it's so important to understand just what a revolution that was. The idea that you could hear the voice of someone who, who was not standing beside you or shouting to you from a nearby hillside, that you could listen to someone's voice and they were across the street or in the centre of a city or even in the early days by shortwave on the other side of the world. So, so that gave radio an extraordinary um, appeal at the time. I think the second thing that was so important about it was that it was cheap as a medium. Uh, you, you bought a radio receiver and if you had wanted to listen to recorded music in the past or if you wanted to listen to live music, you, you had to go to a concert or you had to buy a, uh, a record player of the kind that existed at the time and you had to buy records and play them. And both of those things were expensive and inaccessible. With radio, you bought a radio receiver. In some countries, you had to pay a licence fee as well uh, to the government. Um, there might have been advertising, but essentially once you bought the receiver, there was not much to pay otherwise. So it was very cheap. And at a time in the 1930s when the world was in an enormous economic slump, just, just the fact that radio was cheap was enormously important. It's, a, it's still very affordable. And as we mentioned in our segment before, trying to highlight where radio still remains perhaps more important than a developed country is these developing countries where perhaps there's still corruption or means of accessing uh, information. Uh, news, for example, is not necessarily equal for all demographic. We talked about South Sudan as an example, Nepal as an example. And clearly there's a difference there. How we listen to radio in South Korea and why we listen to radio in South Korea is very different from why want my listen to radio over in South Sudan. But the, the fact that, that it's still very cheap, affordable for the masses seems to be important. Yes. 
the, the fact that radio has been different things at different times, mm. um, forgive me, the coffee machine in the background <laughs> interrupting our radio broadcast, um, but it has also been very different in different places. And, and so when, when we read, and World Radio Day is a good way of understanding that, we will read stories about radio in different parts of the world and it will make us think we're actually talking about a quite different medium. The stations we listen to, what they call, what they're doing, the things that are still attractive, uh, which is not just about radio itself, but about other media, other institutions that exist in different parts of the world that, that mean that radio has responded through its history in different ways in different countries. I mean, prior to TV, I believe in the early days of radio and this frightened people. I mean, there was these dramatic uh, readings uh, like you would do in a play or a movie and it, it freaked people out because they thought it was a real deal. And we've certainly come a long way since those dramatic readings, wouldn't you say? We, we have, but I think the capacity for media to surprise and frighten, even terrify at times, is still is still important. We can think of various uh, disasters in the world or conflicts, uh, most recently um, earthquakes in um, in Turkey and, and uh, Syria. To, to see those images, to hear voices, just yeah. to hear voices live from people in the midst of that, it is still as, as terrifying an experience as it might have been to listen to that first distant voice back in the 1920s. Mm. The real news is more frightening than the fictitious writing. I absolutely agree. We have come a long way since the early days of radio. In fact, internet plays an important role in, in, a, in a country like ours in South Korea. Uh, can you maybe elaborate on some of the biggest changes and walk us through the biggest modern technology Logical advances that we saw in radio broadcasting and how it maybe changed uh, the contents or even the delivery. Yes, I, I think even the what seems like now an ancient historical change, the introduction of FM radio to supplement AM stations, which was important in delivering better quality sound. So it became possible to listen to, to music in something closer to what it sounded like if you were beside the orchestra or beside the band or the singer. And also FM allowed us to get many more stations. And that meant that audiences could be segmented. It was more possible for stations to deliver a certain kind of content to a narrower section of the, of the audience. I think a change that occurred that we sometimes don't even think of being radio was the ability to integrate the telephone with the radio to to produce what we call talkback radio, what we're doing now. Um, and, and that was an extraordinary change in the nature of the kind of content and the, the immediacy that you could actually uh, participate, you could have a conversation over the air, not just listen to a single distant voice. Um, the introduction of uh, digital changed so many things. Uh, again, it did exactly what FM did. It allowed us to deliver uh, even better quality. Mm. It allowed us to deliver more stations, uh, but also the the ability to deliver online made it much easier for stations to be delivered from the other side of the world. We had always had that with shortwave, but it just made it, made it easier. So I think those were all enormously significant changes. How is technological innovation reshaping radio production and listening habits? Uh, some of our listeners regularly chime in on communication real time. So one might cite two-way communication and uh, online participation as one of the biggest and most important changes. Yeah, I think uh, that, that's right. Digital tools mm -hmm. have made it easier for ordinary people to produce audio, video, text, 
content and, and to distribute it easily. And I think that's uh, enormously important as well. It's not just that you can produce stuff, it's that you can make it almost instantly accessible and to potentially large audiences. It doesn't mean that large media organisations might not have a, an advantage in being able to get to large audiences, uh, but, it, but it does mean that in, in theory, you can put content online and if recommendation engines work well and content is quickly uh, recommended, it, it can reach very large audiences is very quickly, even though it didn't start from a large organization. I mean, if you look at the nature of podcasts, which one might say is different from radio, but I mean, arguably, they're audio clips. Uh, I, I think it's kind of a byproduct of radio success, if you ask me. But all of this is great. Progress is great. Means of communication remaining relevant, I, I think is important. But it also raises difficulties with dealing with things like fake news or polarization. What do you think are some of the biggest challenges we face in this era of digital audio broadcasting? Uh that makes services in the increasingly diverse, but in some ways unregulated. Certainly that's right. The, the tools that we have been able to rely on in, in, an, era, in, in an era when uh, the, the capacity of technology was more limited, so we could have more confidence in national regulatory institutions to the extent that content can just be put quickly online and made accessible all around the world. Uh, the, the reach of national media regulatory organisations is uh, is much smaller. That has meant we've needed uh, cooperation between international regulatory agencies, but it's also meant that a, a sort of clash of cultures across different countries where uh, attitudes to free speech, um, attitudes to different kinds of content that people might regard offensive in some cultures but are completely expected in other cultures, um, that, that has that has required um, enormous, that has created enormous challenges and we are in the middle of those. We are far from resolving those. We're also living in an era of increasingly turbulent times of deglobalization, division, war, climate crisis, just to name a few things. What do you think are some of the most important roles of radio then in today's societies? I think the, the, the difficulty for radio is that so much of what it, it did uniquely can now be done by other um technologies or services as well. So it's, it's, it's common for people to say that radio is an especially intimate medium. So the idea that you just hear a, a voice, a, a communication from one speaker's through one speaker's voice directly to one individual, whether it's headphones or in a car, those kinds of listening environments, very personal, very intimate. Uh, of course, you've already said that uh, podcasts do that extremely well, um, but but they are not necessarily, uh, we, don't, we don't call them radio. Right. They're not uh, restricted and strained to a schedule. But I think the idea that what we might have called radio, but now we probably need to call audio more broadly, one of the cliches that is used, but I quite like it. This is for times when when the the, the the hands are busy but the mind is free. <laughs> so you might be doing other things, you might be cooking, you might be um, doing chores around a house, you might be working, um, you might be building, you might be driving, you might be doing all sorts of things, mm. but your mind is free to listen to speech or music or sounds 
um, that's what radio audio does so well. I, I, I think I might just start my show every day with that. When your hands are busy, but your mind is free, join us on Good Morning Soul. <laughs> Trying to stay relevant and important in times where clearly contents are plenty. It's difficult for a radio station like us too. So looking to the future, where does radio really go from here? What are your prospects as an expert for the future of radio broadcasting and its technology? I, I think um, imagining it for radio, it's not necessarily about uh, growing and expanding. Um, with, without meaning to be negative about it, this has been an important medium and, and what it needs to do is, is try to stay where it is if it can. So for commercial radio, it's not necessarily about increasing its share of national advertising, those kinds of things, but if it can just hold on to its share, if it can do things to keep its place, then that's quite significant. And I think digital radio has been been important in, in trying to do that, enable radio to stay competitive. We, we had a report done, uh, published a year or so ago uh, by David Kennedy, a group called Venture Insights, which uh, talked about this. And he said that the things that radio is doing, at least in Australia, where, where I'm I'm based, um, and, and it has produced, radio stations have produced their own digital offerings and, and they simply have to play in the so-called multi-platform spaces mm. that, that everyone else is playing in. Um, so, it, and, and some of what it can do surprises us. We might have thought radio was an inherently scheduled medium, um, but we, we have found that people will listen to podcasts of breakfast radio when they're driving home. That they will listen to overnight radio when they're driving on the weekend, um, if they happen to if they happen to fit. And I think some of those things have surprised us. Um, so, so simply using the tools to supplement the, the broadcast offering, the live real time offering, with with other kinds of content um, in sports broadcasts. We have uh, the Australian cricket team is currently touring in India. The commentators who would once just have gone over and broadcast the sport live from India, they are now shooting little videos. They're sending back stills of the places where the matches are happening. We're getting content about what they're eating before the matches. <laughs> We're getting a much wider cultural experience of what it means to be an Australian sports team travelling in India than we would have got before. So maybe we can uh, create sort of a synergy between those different mediums and radio keeps its place too. Because, I mean, you attach those personal stories to it. And like you said, radio is such an intimate form of medium and listenership might increase because they're inclined to follow your story, follow your narrative, as in the DJs and reporters and everyone who gets the airwave. Uh, as a distinguished expert in media and communications, Professor Given, what is your last message marking this year's World Radio Day? Uh, we just have to keep listening, and we have to keep, and we have to keep speaking. And uh, we've got to hope that what we're uh, what we're talking about is interesting, but but also to to understand to to just be ensuring that radio uh, remains in our list of in our in our media diet that we are constantly putting it forward as something for in my case students at our university to think that audio. Uniquely audio experiences are something that people still want to engage with. Thank you, Professor Given. We might need to borrow your words to promote our own station, our own program. We appreciate your insight. Thank you very much and happy uh, World Radio Day to you. To you too. Thank you. Thank you very much. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. 
See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.